Welcome to Kingdom Living Ministries, where our vision is knowing God, loving people, and making disciples. We trust this week's message will be a blessing to your life. Enjoy the teaching ministry of KLM. Amen. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to jump right into the Word of God. We're not doing an alpha right now, but we're going to jump right into the Word of God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. God is a good God. Amen. Amen. Let's just pray. I'm going to pray again. How many know that we should be a prayer, praying people? Amen. And so we're going to pray concerning the sermon in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for your people. Grant unto them the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you, that the eyes of their understanding will be enlightened, that they will know what is the hope of your calling. And what are the riches of the glory of your inheritance in the saints? What is the immeasurable greatness of your power towards them that believe? And Father, grant unto me your son and your slave, supernatural divine utterance, that I may boldly make known the mysteries of the gospel. Thank you for, for that which you have imparted unto me to give unto your people. And Lord, it's with boldness I step into that calling that you've called me into, a teacher, teacher, pastor. And Lord, I step into those offices and I, I minister out of that grace and that anointing. Make, make, make my tongue a pen of a ready writer. Thank you for the utterance that my wife prayed for. I thank you for supernatural divine utterance, fresh from the press, in the name of Jesus. Thank you for giving revelation, revelation that will transform lives. Not just entertain the ears, but transform lives. May today, never, may we never be the same from this moment on, Father. May the word of God transform us. May that word be received um, the engrafted word of God, the implanted word that is able to save our souls, save our decisions, save our will. Oh, in the, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for that word. That word will go forth. And Father, I thank you for that anointed word that I'll not preach just out of mere knowledge, but as out of my spirit, man. Oh, God, I preach as the or I speak as the oracles of God, Father, your mouthpiece. I'm your servant. I'm your vessel. A vessel of honor. Lord, I call myself a vessel of honor in your hands. And so Master Potter, I pray that you'll use me. Use me. Make me usable for your glory, God. Make me usable. Come on, pray for me. Make me usable for your glory. So say, Lord, bless pastor. Make him usable for your glory, God. Make me usable in your hands as the instrument of Christ today. As I do surgeries on the heart, as I speak the word that will change and transform, that will renew minds, Father. I thank you, Father. I thank you, Lord. Going into the operating room, Father, to speak that which, uh, which the enemy has done. I'm masking the enemy, exposing the enemy in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We praise you. And Lord, I thank you for delivering this church from every spirit of Jezebel. I thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus, removing them one by one, Father, and implanting people who are, who are hungry for the things of God, not connected to the personality, but connected to the person of Jesus Christ. I thank you, Father, for adding to our church that which you see daily in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Father, and thank you for delivering us from unreasonable and wicked men and strange women, strange women and strange men, Father. Deliver us from that which has, has held churches back in the past. People who come to, to, to rob, people who come to, to suck the life out, but don't want to be planted in the name of Jesus. Oh, God, I thank you, God. I thank you, Father. I thank you, Lord. I praise you and I glorify you. I thank you for setting.
unsettling those who are unsure about their decision about joining. I thank you, Father, for confirming your word with signs and wonders. I thank you, Father, for moving on your words, even as, you, as, even as the Holy Spirit did in Genesis. He moved upon the word of God as the word of God was spoken. And I thank you that you confirmed the word with signs and wonders. Oh, thank you for the word of knowledge operating in a stronger measure. Thank you for the word of wisdom operating in a stronger measure, the discerning of spirits in a stronger measure in the name of Jesus. The strongholds that have held your people in the, in the, in the times of past, they will be set free in the name of Jesus. That which they have borrowed from someone else, that soul tie, that, 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 that which has been transformed, transferred to them shall be severed, shall be destroyed today because of the anointing. I thank you for that anointing. We just stepped into it and we thank you, Lord, right now that you better, you better lift up your hands and worship God. That glory is here. I thank you for that glory, that glory, that glory that was promised. Oh, the glory of the latter house. Oh, the, the latter house, the glory of the latter house should be greater than that which is the former. I thank you, Father. We'll never be the same. We're meeting with you, Father. We're meeting with you. We're not meeting with a man. We're not meeting oh, besides the man Christ Jesus. We meet with you. I thank you for a wild service. I thank you for a service filled with the Holy Ghost, spirit-led and spirit-filled. We won't go back to church as usual. We don't come to play church. We come to mean business with you in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. We come to mean business with you, God. You want to do more than what, we, what has been. Thank you, Father, for that glory filling the house. Thank you for that glory filling the house. Thank you for that glory, that glory to deliver, that glory to set free. Uh, even body casting the diabetes go in Jesus. Jesus name in the name of Jesus arthritis go in Jesus name and that they teach that the joints line up with the word of God and that the ears open up in Jesus name oh then that the migraines go in Jesus name and that the deficiency of iron go in Jesus name and thank you God thank you God thank you Lord we praise you we praise you Jesus Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Back problems go in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. Lord, back problems in the name of Jesus. Go in Jesus' name. I curse you. Jesus bore their sicknesses and carried their pains. And it is with Jesus' stripes they are healed from the crown of their heads to the soles of their feet. I thank you for making them comfortable to hear the word, Father. That which has been uncomfortable in their bodies must go in Jesus' name. Jesus came and delivered us. You sent your word to heal us from all our diseases, God. All our this, this ease, discomfort in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, we praise you. We glorify you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Uh, fingers, in the name of Jesus. Anybody have struggles with fingers? Fingers, fingers. I want you to raise your hand if you struggle with your fingers. In Jesus' name, receive healing now in your fingers. In fingers, receive healing in your hands. In your fingers, in Jesus' name, may they line up with the word of God. Be healed in Jesus' name. Just say, I receive it in Jesus' name. I receive it in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. It's a great day. It's a new day. And hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Let's get right into this word. Thank you, Jesus. Mm. Thank you, Lord. 
We just praise you. We honor you this morning for the power of God. Today, we're going to talk about, um, as you know, we're talking about unmasking Satan. Unmasking Satan. And last week, we, we, we talked about um, Proverbs 7. So we're going to go there real quick as we talk about deception today. Go to Proverbs 7. I, I promised in the last sermon that I would talk about the strange woman. Let's look at the strange woman real quick. We don't have a lot of time before us. I feel the teacher inside of me coming up. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Um, Proverbs 7 is, is a scripture dealing with the strange woman. And, and, and real quick, it, it, let, let's just go and let's look at verse 1. My son, keep my words and treasure up my commandments with you. Keep my commandments and live. How many know if you keep God's commandments, you'll live? Amen. Keep God's commandments and live. And it says, keep my, um, my teachings as the apple of your eye. Bind them on your fingers and write them on the tablets of your heart. Say to wisdom, you are my sister. Say wisdom, you are my sister. And call insight your intimate friend. Say insight, you're my intimate friend. And it goes on to say, and to keep you from the forbidden woman, from the adulteress with her smooth words. For at the, window of, at the window of my house, I have looked out through my laces, and I've seen among the simple, and I perceive among the youth, a young man lacking sense, passing along the street near her corner, taking the road to her house in the twilight, in the evening, at the time of night and darkness. And behold, the woman meets him, dressed as a prostitute, wily of heart. She is loud and wayward. Her feet do not stay at home. Now in the street, now in the market, and at every corner, she lies in wait. I mean, though, the enemy will wait for you. He'll wait patiently. He'll wait years. He'll wait decades. If you think about a, a rock and um, if, if there's a, a faucet that is dripping on a rock over time, that, 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 false, that, that, that water, that dripping will begin to wear off on that rock. So does Satan wait for us, waiting and, and dealing with us and nagging you from your birth until you're 80 to destroy you. Verse 13, she seizes him and kisses him with a bold face. And she says to him, I had to offer sacrifice and today I have paid my vows. So now I've come out to meet you, to seek you eagerly. And I found you. I've spread my couch with coverings. Colored linens from Egyptians' linen. I perfume my bed with myrrh and aloes and, and cinnamon. Come, let us take our, our fill of love to mourning. Let us delight ourselves with love. For my husband is not at home. He has gone on a long journey. He took a bag of money with him. At full moon, he will come home. And with much seductive speech, she persuaded, she persuades him. With her smooth talk, she compels him. All at once, he follows her. As an ox goes to the slaughter, or as a stag in, is caught fast, till the, an arrow pierces its liver, as a bird rushes into a snare, he does not know that it will cost him his life. And now, O oh sons, listen to me and be attentive to the words of my mouth. Let not your heart turn aside to her ways. Do not stray into her paths, for many a victim she has laid low, and all her slain are a mighty throne. 
Her house is the way of the grave, going down to the chambers of death. This is the strange woman. Often we've talked, we hear about the Proverbs 31 woman, but Proverbs 7 talks about the strange woman. So you must pray to be delivered from her. And a strange woman can be in the form of a man. You must be aware there are people who don't have um, pure hearts and pure intentions. So you must run and you must flee like Joseph fled from Potiphar's wife. That's by what, what I left off last week. So today we're going to talk about deception, the major weapon of Satan. Deception, a major weapon of Satan. So go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11. I prayed for about eight hours, about seven hours for this service. I was praying and travailing seven hours for this service. So we expect God to move. Amen. We're believing him to do the impossible. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11. It says this. So that we will not be outwitted by Satan, for we are not ignorant of his designs or his devices. Here, um, Paul is writing to a church that had just got finished dealing with a man who was involved in adultery. And he's talking about forgiving that man. And he talks about Satan not taking advantage. And so, therefore, we, not, we must not be ignorant of Satan's um, um, Satan's devices. And one of his devices is deception. Everybody say deception. deception. I looked up the word deception in the dictionary. It means the practice of deceiving. That doesn't help, right? <laughs> um, the fact or condition of being deceived. Okay, what is deception? Uh, deceive, right? Uh, something that deceives, whether by design or illusion. Okay, so I had to look up the word deceive. <laughs> to deceive means to ensnare, to make a person believe what is not true, Delude, mislead, to false, to betray, to while away misrepresentation of facts by words, actions. To mislead is to cause to follow the wrong course or to error in conduct or action. Use of wiles and enticing words to deceive or mislead. So we see deception has to do with words. So words are very important, what we hear. And, and, and deception, in my, this is PD's um, definition. I should write a dictionary. Um, deception is believing a lie. Believing a lie. It's, it, it, it's been, it's, a deception has been, been um, blindsided with false information. It keeps you from waiting or walking in the fullness of the light and the will of God. It's a major weapon of Satan. Satan is called deceiver. He deceives. So the objective of this message today is to unmask deception, unmask deception in the lives of God's people, to reveal the deceiver's deception. The thing about deception, you don't know that you've been deceived. You actually believe that you, you, you believe in the truth. How many of God's people have been deceived? Satan is a master deceiver. He's been studying humanity for 6,000 years. And you think that you can handle a, a, a being such as Satan 
who is a um, Tara, who, who has prepared a group of cohorts to deceive God's people. He deceived one-third of the angels in heaven, the perfect environment. That was the perfect environment. Heaven is where the presence of God is, right? And so the fullness of the presence of God, he was able to deceive one-third of the angels. Let's talk about the garden. The garden was also a perfect environment, and yet he was able to deceive Eve in that environment. And let's get a little closer. We have Judas, who walked with Jesus, did the miracles of Jesus, and yet Satan was able to deceive him. So just because you're in Jesus, or just because you're around the throne of God doesn't exempt you from being deceived. One of the weapons of the enemy is to believe that you cannot be deceived. I'm going to give you a story in a, right now. Uh, I remember being a, a teenager at the church that I grew up in, uh, a deliverance church. And in that church, I remember going to the altar, and there was this wonderful woman of God. I believe her, her name is Terry. And... And she, she, I went to the altar, and I was just praying, crying out to God. And she came over and hugged me and began to pray in other tongues. And we must have been on the floor for about a good hour. Some of y'all would have walked out. But as a teenager, I remember her praying for me and praying for my mind. And she went to my dad, and she says, I, I'm praying for, for the Lord to deliver him from deception." There's a deception in the future that's coming his way. And I'm praying for his deliverance. And many years later, about three years, I was in a delusional place where I was starting to believe a lie. It was among the theologians that I was taking information in. And in the midst of that, I, believe, I began to believe something that wasn't true about God. And I believe that it was through her prayers and her, her intercession years before that I was able to walk out of it. Sometimes we pray, and we pray for the future, and the Spirit of God knows what's in the future, and this is why it's important to pray in the tongues, because the Holy Spirit will go before you and shape your destiny. Um, I heard my pastor, Pastor Dave Robeson, say this. He says, God is the creator of your destiny, and yet we are the masters of it. And so we have a responsibility whether or not we continue to walk in deception. I got some questions for you. What is Satan deceiving you today with? Has he deceived you in believing that you don't need to attend church? Has he deceived you in not honoring the Lord with the full tithes and giving of offerings? Has he deceived you in a sin that you are entangled in? Has he deceived you into legalism? Legalism is uh, dependence on the moral law that then, rather than faith in Christ. Believing your works will make you righteous before God. That's what legalism is. What you wear um, because you don't smoke. Because you don't use profanity, that doesn't make you righteous before God. So either he, he has some saints in legalism, and the other extreme is hyper grace. 
You can put that definition up if you have it. Um, he's deceived many into hypergrace. And the term hypergrace simply means to describe a new wave of teaching that emphasizes the grace of God to exclusive to the exclusion of other vital teachings such as repentance and confession of sins. Hypergrace teaches um, teachers maintain that all sin, past, present, and future, has already been forgiven, so there is no need for the believer to repent and to confess their sins. The hypergrace teaching says that when God looks at us, he sees only a holy and righteous people. The conclusion of hypergrace teaching is that we are not bound by Jesus' teaching even as we are not under the law, that believers are not responsible for their sins, that anyone who disagrees is really a legalist. In short, hyper-grace teachers pervert the grace of our God into a license of immorality and flirt with being anti-law. How many know that he's still the God of, he's the God of grace, but he's the God of the law? The whole Christ. Preachers of hyper-grace doctrine discount the Old Testament and the Ten Commandments as being irrelevant and the new, as, as the new Testament believers, they even teach that Jesus' words spoken before his resurrection are part of the old covenant are no longer applicable to the born-again believer. Hyper-grace, the type of grace that doesn't empower you to fulfill the law, but the grace of God empowers you, doesn't free you from the law, but empowers you to walk in it. Glory to God. He is also, um, has he deceived you with the hellish theology that some are chosen for heaven and others are chosen for eternal punishment. Has he deceived you in believing that you can't forfeit your salvation and miss heaven? Has he deceived you with, and this is going to hit some of y'all much later because you have little kids, that activities on Sunday that take you away from worship are okay with God, such as soccer and ballet and different things where your kids are involved in those things and it takes them away from Sunday worship. We have enrolled Destin into or about to enroll them into a basketball league and, and, and one of the things is they, they play games on Sunday. I said he won't be playing on Sunday, at least not during church hours. Has he deceived you to be that it's okay not to speak in tongues? That God doesn't want have that as a gift for you. That's just not my gift. Our tongues are not for today, or they are the devil. Has he deceived you with it? Okay, for you to read the Bible, to not read your Bible daily, convincing convincing you that you're too busy for work, school, or kids, or singleness to spend at least thirty minutes a day in the Word, and yet you'll spend three hours watching television. Has he deceived you into believing that it's okay for you to be a Christian without being a member of any church where you're held accountable for your walk in life? Has he deceived you into believing that the Holy Spirit has, this is a big one, has spoken to you when it's another spirit? There are believers who actually believe that God has spoken to them but yet it's a, another spirit. If it really is God, you can submit it to someone who's spiritual. It says, what do you think? Are you willing to say, I didn't hear right? But usually what happens is when a person says, I know I heard from God, then there's nothing else I can say to him. You heard from God, then. Let's see the fruit of it. 
Let me walk away. Don't come to me and say, I heard from God, Pastor. Okay. What can I say? The devil has deceived many people in believing that they heard from God when they haven't. Don't always think that you hear from God. Believe that you can miss it. I missed it many a times. I thought I heard something, but I did. And say, hey, I remember talking to my pastors or talking to my parents. Like, what do you think about this? Huh? That's not God. James chapter 1, let's go there. James chapter 1, verse 19. And one of the areas that, I'm going to talk about this real quick. One of the areas in which the enemy has deceived God's people is they'll be convinced if they're single or if they're not that this person that they're dating is God sent. I know this is my spouse. I remember a girl, she, she claimed me as her spouse. She fasted two weeks without water, I mean without food, and confessed me being her husband. And I was like, no, I rebuke that. <laughs> well, God spoke to me, right? If somebody comes to you and says, God spoke to you if you're single, God spoke to me and said, you're my spouse, that's a sign to walk away. God going to speak to you, but not me? I don't think so. And then, then you have those who, oh, we've grown apart, so God is leading me to walk away. Really? Okay. Well, I, I'm not being fed at this church, so God is leading me. My time and my season is up. Oh, if you want to leave, just leave. Like, don't, you don't spiritualize it. Or... You know, God spoke to me to, to get this job. I'm telling you how many people have said that God has said things, and when actuality, he hasn't. So you got to be willing to, to say, you know what, I haven't really heard from God. Okay, here's another one. I, I, I put this down a little later. But a, 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 another deception is to actually believe, to, to pray a prayer, and it seems like God has answered it but God has not, had nothing to do with it. God, if you want me to have this car payment of this car, may they approve of my credit and give me the car. And you go in and they approve you for the car, but then you can't afford the car payments. So God had nothing to do with that. And yet you're convinced that God answered that prayer. Is it possible that we can pray a prayer that Satan make things happen? You can pray. Be careful what older folks say. Be careful what you pray for, right? Um, the children of Israel prayed for a king, but it wasn't God's will for them to be, have a king. And yet they got a king called Saul. So you can pray for something and then not be God's will and get it. Lord, if you want me to, um, you know, whether... Lord, let them approve me of this credit card, and you get the credit card, and then you can't afford the payments. Are you spend, you know, Lord, let this be on sale today, and um, let me buy it, and you buy it, and then you're in debt for the next 20 years, paying a minimal payment. How many know that you got to be careful about that? All right. Um, 
We'll, we'll come back to some more of that. James chapter 1, verse 19. Let's go there. James chapter 1, verse 19. You should be there. Know this, my beloved brothers and sisters, let every person be quick to hear and slow to speak and slow to anger. Let's look at this. Your mouth will deceive you, deceive your heart if you're not careful. The Bible says in Proverbs 8, excuse me, Proverbs 6, verse 2, it says you are snared with the words of your mouth. Your ears are the gates to your heart. Have you noticed the word heart? And in the middle of the word heart is what? Ear. So your hear, ear is a gate to your heart. It really does matter what you hear. It really does. The songs that we sing, the sermons we listen to, the books that we read, the movies that we look at, what you hear and what you see are gates into your heart. And the Bible says in Proverbs 4, to guard your heart with all diligence, for out of your heart comes the issues of life. So your ears are very important into, to your heart. This is why James says, be slow to hear. Oh, actually, be slow to speak and quick to hear. Let's go to Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4. Deception. How is it that the enemy is able to deceive God's people? There are, there are people who are deceived. Believers. Mark chapter 4. Let's look at verses, verse 23. Mark 4, verse 23. It says, if anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. He's talking to everybody, right? <laughs> if you have ears, but it's not just talking about physical ears, it's spiritual ears. If you have ears to hear, let him hear. Revelation talks about that. There is po there's, it's possible for you to have ears and not hearing. Verse 24, and he said to them, pay attention to what you hear. This is Jesus speaking to his disciples. He says, pay attention to what you hear. Take heed to what you hear. The content in what you're hearing. Because what you're hearing could be deception. The Bible talks about um, people gathering together teachers who will minister to their itching ears. Wanting to be entertained. Wanting to hear about your best life now. Wanting to hear about God blessing you with finances. Wanting to hear that everything is going to be okay, and there are haters who hate you, and yet there's no gospel. There's no gospel. I believe in prosperity. I believe in healing. I believe in God wants us to be successful, but I also believe that um, that is not the goal of Christianity. Come on now. That's not the goal. The end goal of Christianity is not for you to have your best life now. It's not. It's for you to do the will of God, even if it costs you your life. Are you willing to die for this gospel that you believe? Are you willing to, to be persecuted and you still love Jesus regardless of your bank account? You still love Jesus regardless of the condition of your body? We know he's a healer, but you're willing to love him no matter what, whether you get married or you don't, whether your kids turn out to be great or not. You, your love for Jesus doesn't change based on your circumstances that you are so anchored in Jesus that nothing can move you. 
Nothing can move you. You're not, if your prayers never get answered, you still love Jesus. When you go through hell, you still love Jesus and your love for him. I'm listening to a song over and over and over again, a Kurt Franklin song that he wrote back in the day, his first project. Um, and uh, there's a Christian rapper by the name of Flame. He redid it. It's called Silver and Gold. Silver and Gold, I, have, I don't have, right? Silver, what's the song? Silver and Gold. Amen. And so, <laughs> that's a choir. <laughs> so the goal is, it's, if I don't have silver and gold, it's okay. If God, never, if God doesn't make me a millionaire, I'm okay with that. Right? I'm okay with not being a millionaire. I know this has messed up a lot of people. Oh, my entrepreneur plan, my, my business plan. What if your business never prosper? Will you still serve him? I'm not saying that it won't, but I'm, what I'm saying is your priorities got to be right. Why do you want to be prosperous? Why do you, uh, I, I often tell people who need healing in their bodies, why do you want to be healed? I just want to have a normal life. What about for the glory of God? Why, why not be healed because you want to do God's will? Why not want to be prosperous? Um, financial prosperity is the lowest form of prosperity. It is the lowest form of prosperity. Having money is the lowest form of prosperity. Silver and gold. I'd rather have Jesus than silver and gold. I'd rather know Jesus than having that promotion at the job. I'd rather have Jesus and be unemployed and serve him all the days of my life. I'd rather have Jesus and be on welfare than have silver and gold and not have Jesus. That's your heart. you got to have that type of heart. Now, we believe in inheritance. We believe in Abraham's blessing and so forth. But that cannot be the goal of Christianity. The Bible talks about the deceitfulness of riches in Mark 4. You can be deceived by riches. You can believe that your, your whole existence is to go to work, to make money, to pay your bills, to have a nice house in the suburbs where you're never touched by people who need Jesus the most, which is everybody. Yes, Jesus is after the rich people as well as poor. But poor is more apt to call out to Jesus because they don't, they don't have nothing else. It's hard. I heard Gloria Copeland say this. It's harder to serve God when you, all your needs are met and you're in a comfortable life because you think you don't need him because of every physical need is met. But how I many know it doesn't matter where your status, whether the poor or rich. You need Jesus. I need Jesus. And so Mark 4 says, take heed to what you hear. Take heed to what you hear. It, and then it goes on, and let's look at the next part. Um, Mark chapter 4, verse 23, it says this. It says, and, and he said to them, pay attention to what you hear. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you, and still more will be added to you. For the one who has, more will be given. From the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. It doesn't seem fair, right? It says, pay attention to what you hear. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you. And still, in other words, the value you put on what you are hearing you'll be added more to it. If you value what I'm saying, God will add to it. If you don't, what you do have will be taken away. So you got to value what you hear. If you don't value in what you're hearing, what you have will be taken away from you. Satan will steal that word from you. So put a value on what you're hearing if it's God's word. 
Let's go to Proverbs real quick. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 5. I'm reading King James. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 5. When you got it, say, I got it. One person said, I got it. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 5. Here we go. It says this. A wise man will hear and what? Increase in learning. Will increase learning. And a man of understanding shall attend attain unto wise counsel. A wise man will hear and increase in learning. A foolish man will hear and not increase in learning. Because what he did hear, he did not value. Therefore, what he heard will be taken away from him. Are you with me? And so you must value what you hear, specifically God's word, what you take heed to what you hear, pay attention to what you hear, make sure... Go back and study it. This is why we got SoundCloud, Spotify, and all the uh, Google Play, whatever. It's so that you can t- go back and listen to it again and again. I've listened to the sermon from last week four times, and I preached it. <laughs> and I got blessed, and I realized what I messed up. <laughs> but go back and listen to it. Feed your faith. Renew your mind. One of the deceptions of the enemy is because you heard it once means that you believe that you got it. And if you're a teacher, you know, um, as a teacher, repetition is the greatest teacher. Hearing it again and again and again and again and again, because as you hear it, it builds like a cement in your life. Uh, This is why children need to hear stuff again and again. We think because we heard it once, we got it. That's a deception. You got to hear it again. Notice that faith doesn't come from having heard. It comes from hearing, present tense, again and again, Christ the healer, Christ the deliverer, Christ the baptizer in the Holy Spirit, Christ the healer, Christ the savior. We need to hear it again and again. Jesus died for my sins. Again, it's a reminder that I have sinned. Again, we need to hear about the condition of our hearts. We need Jesus again and again. And we need to hear the story of David. We need to hear the story of Adam and Eve. We need to hear the story of Noah. We need to, come on, Jonah. We need to hear it again because if you don't hear it, you'll forget it. Go with me to Luke chapter 8. Luke chapter 8. Deception is one of the greatest enemies or weapons of Satan. Luke chapter 8, verse 18. It says this. It says, take care how you hear. Notice Mark says, take care of what you hear. Pay attention to what you hear. Luke is saying, take, care, take heed to how you hear it. And he gives the same reasoning. For the one who has, more will be given. From the one who has not, what he thinks he has will be taken away. So notice that Mark talks about the content. And Luke is talking about the attitude, how you hear. Do you listen with the intention to obey? God does not repeat himself for nothing. God does not say something for nothing. He says things for a purpose. God is a God of purpose. God is a God of purpose. So whatever he says, he says it on purpose. He says it with something in mind. He says it with your obedience. He's after your obedience, which is your worship. Amen. So he does not, he does not say things to get our, um, to entertain us, but he says them with 
something in mind. So how you hear is important. Now go back to James chapter 1. James chapter 1. We're talking about deception. A major weapon of Satan to believe a lie. There are a lot of self-deceived Christians believing they can get everything they want or need from them and Jesus alone. I don't need a local church. I don't need a pastor. I don't need a teacher. I can do whatever I want. I can live a life just my relationship. There's people promoting relationship over religion, and I get what they're saying. I have a relationship. Well, so does the sinner with the creator. It's not enough to just have a relationship. You got to have a fellowship. James chapter 1, let's look at um, verse 21 or 20. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. The anger of man does not produce the right. Don't allow, it notices, be slow to speak, quick to hear, slow to anger. You're not to allow the, your anger to get the best of you. Don't allow anger to be what the enemy uses to deceive you into hating or getting offended. Anger is a powerful emotion. Don't allow anger to control your life. Notice the evil spirit will cause you to be angry, and the Holy Spirit will go after the fruit of the recreated spirit with self-control. Anger will allow you to be out of control, and self-control will cause you to be in control. The Bible talks about when you're dealing with someone who has an angry spirit, it, it says, um, um, don't, in other words, it says, a soft answer will turn away the wrath of man. So respond out of control. Don't react. Respond. So the argument, uh, okay. Well, where is this getting us? You control the temperature of that conversation. It's called emotional intelligence. Well, you control your emotions and the emotions of others around you. I'm not going to yield to that spirit of anger on you. And somebody get, goes off and in your face, walk away, or says, you're not going to talk to me that way. Deal with that. That alone is louder than them yelling at you. Don't allow someone to get a reaction out of you. Respond with the love of God. Verse 21, therefore put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness. Uh, let's take a look at this. Put away all filthiness, more filth. What's filth? Not listening to God is filth. Ungodly tongue is, is, is a filth. Get rid of sin. Do what you have to do to get rid of sin. Jesus says if your arm sins, uh, sin and causes you to go to the lake of fire, cut it off. Whatever is causing you to sin, cut it off. Whatever is causing a trigger to, for you to sin, cut it off. We are not to play with sin. We're not to be entertained by sin. We're to cut off sin. You got to cut sin off. The devil uses sin to get a hold of our lives. So cut off that which gives the enemy a, a door. Whatever sin is, the Bible talks about in Hebrews chapter 12. It says, um, looking unto Jesus, who the author and finisher of our faith, um, don't be easily, the sin that so easily beset us. Let us put aside the weight in the sin that so easily beset us. A weight could be something that's not sinful, but it can also cause you to not progress in God. 
What's weighing you down? What's causing you not to do what God called you to do? What's causing you to not spend time with God daily? Put the weight aside. Cut the Netflix. Do whatever it takes. Get Disney Plus, right? <laughs> Substitution. <laughs> uh, is that really putting the weight? No. Um, put aside the weight. What is it that is in your life that you have been deceived to believe that it's okay? Is it a habit? Is it addiction to coffee or something that controls you? Don't be controlled by anything. Don't allow food to control you. Don't allow a drink to stimulate you, to, to control you. I got to have it. I got to have it. I, be addicted to Jesus and his word. Don't, don't be addicted. Don't, don't even rely on an alarm clock. Get to a place that you can trust God to wake you up. Your spirit can wake you up. It takes training. That means you got to go to bed on time. That means you got to rest. Uh, don't allow the, business, the busyness of the day to control your life. I control you. You don't control me. I'm not going to allow the enemy to think that this, sometimes we think because we're busy, we're being productive in the kingdom. You can be busy and not touch the will of God at all. Here, put aside um, all filthiness and rap, rampant, rampant wickedness. Um, what is wickedness? Moral bad, morally bad or wrong, done with evil intent, no restraint. I put down beast mode, void of God consciousness, that you, there's no restraint. You're, you're willing to allow wickedness to control your life. And then it turns around and says, but receive with meekness the implanted, ungrafted word of God, which is able to save your soul. Receive that word. Receive the word. Amen. Instead of um, allowing those other things, receive with humility the implanted word. Let the word grab your mind, your heart, your mouth, for it's able to save your soul. And it goes on and says, be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves. There are many Christians who are self-deceived because they hear the word and hearing the word they think they're doing the word. Self-destruction. Just because... You know, as a song, you better check yourself before you wreck yourself, right? Um, are you, what you're hearing, that has nothing to, I mean, that's, I've listened to the content of it. I was like, oh, that, I can't use that. I was going to play it. You know, <laughs> no, this is not uh, all the way safe. Um, just because you hear the word does not mean that you're doing it. Just because you read, study, and even teach the word doesn't mean that you're living it. One major deception in everything, one major deception is this. That you believe that everything that happens in your life, that God is behind it. You get an accident, as you are texting. Well, God calls me to, to be in this accident so I can witness to this lady. People have a tendency to blame God for everything. And even our insurance company, they said, they call it, their tree falls on your house, the act of God. Really? I did not I didn't know God was in the business of destroying houses. The act of God. <laughs> I mean, uh, my, my, my car got tore up. The act of God. So be careful. A deception is that everything that happens is God. 
everything that happens is God. That's, that's a major deception in the church. No matter what happens in your life, people have a descendant that God is behind this. Um, that, this deception runs deep in the church. If you get sick, well, God is teaching me something. I never knew that God uses the weapons of the enemy to teach us anything. Would you, use, would you teach your children with sickness? I'm going to give them, I'm going to inject them with some sickness so I can teach them a lesson. So you who are evil won't, wouldn't do that. What makes you think our Heavenly Father would do that? Well, I'm going to make my child poor so I can teach them something. If you wouldn't do that with your natural kid, then what makes you think God is like you? He's much greater than us, so he's not going to do that. Well, I'm going to put your hand in a fire so you can learn your lesson. Deception. Deception is taking a truth and mixing it with some lies. You can take 10% truth and the rest is, oh, it could be 90% truth and 10% lies. So it's still a lie. You know, you got to be careful with that. Deception. So I I wrote down some ways how not to be deceived. (laughs) Here we go. I got lots of them. How not to be deceived. All right, we're going to make this available for you uh, on the website. How not to be deceived. One is um, stay stay with what is familiar with sound doctrine. Stay with what what is not weird or strange. Sometimes you see stuff that, or hear something, and, and you hear it, and it doesn't resonate with you, right? Not, sometimes you hear stuff that you never heard before, and that's okay. But if it's like strange out, like, like whoa, these, you know, there's these aliens coming, and, and they're going, you know, they're talking to me, and uh, UFOs, and, and I mean, just, wow, this is God. Um, or, or, or you, 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 you know, somebody dies and, and then they come and talk to you about the family. God does not allow dead people to come back and talk to us. It's called familiar spirits. I told a story last week how um, when my brother died, there was a lady that came to me a couple months late, later, a student, and she says, you just had your brother die. And he, she began to describe my brother to a T, and she says, he's right there right beside you as your guiding star. I said, devil, that's a familiar spirit. Come out. She's like, uh, I'll bind you in Jesus' name. That's not a, my brother, my brother's in the harbors of heaven with Jesus. And she's like, oh. <laughs> True story. Now go tell that to the dean. You have the boldness to come and tell me there was a, 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 my brother next to me. I have the boldness to tell you that's the devil. And I never forget there was an older man in my, in my, um, classroom, and he, he was trying to have um, a threesome with two young ladies. And I told him, I said, right there in the class, I said, you have the spirit of lust. I do. I do. <laughs> I said, I believe in the power of God to set you free. You want to be set free? I do. I do. I said, everybody, Muslims and all, I said, everybody, stretch your hands to this man right now. And I begin to bind the devil. I said, in the name of Jesus, I bind this tormented devil that's on this older gentleman. He's supposed to be a father figure. That has, who wants to pervert, who has the spirit of perversion, I command him to go in Jesus' name. I feel better. I feel better. True story. They were stretching their hands out. They didn't know what they were doing. I said, everybody stretch your hands out to Mr. So-and-so. 
so how not to be dizzy? Stay with what is familiar, with sound doctrine. Stay with what is that is not what what is not weird. Now, if you come from a church that that don't believe in deliverance and, and healing and tongues, uh, and so that that might be strange to you, right? Uh, but you can see that in Bible, right? You can see tongues, deliverance, and Bible. And so we believe in the power of God to set people free. And I'm always I'm looking for an opportunity to minister deliverance. When I was in Africa, um, this young man, uh, he was like serving as my adjutant and or fancy word is a armor bearer. And so he came and he didn't know about tongues. I told him about tongues and he says, I want to receive the ability to speak in tongues. And and I was really tired. I was like, I, I, they, you know, they worked me. I, I was tired. I didn't want to preach. I didn't want to pray to anybody. I just want to go to bed. And he, he wanted to sit, stay up talking about tongues. And, and I said, okay, uh, all right, I'll pray for you. Oh, God, please feel me real quick. I'm tired. And, um, and so I began, I said, just lift up your hands. And, and I began to walk. And I said, Lord, fill this young man with the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, he had his hand lifted up. And all of a sudden, he started yawning. And I was like, this is weird. Maybe he's just tired. Um, I'm going to have this boy tearing all night. <laughs> oh, God, he's just tired. And, and so he's like, he's yawning. And, and, and the Spirit of God said into me, inside of me, that is an evil spirit. One of the manifestations, not always, one of the manifestations of an evil spirit, that, that uh, evil spirit manifests is through yawning. And he began to yawn. I was like, okay, what is this? I said, Lord, what do you want me to do? You want me to jump on the devil right now? He said, no, just sit down and pray in tongues. So I sat down and prayed in tongues, and he's yawning. He's yawning. He said, allow me to minister to him. I said, okay, Lord. So I said, okay, praying in tongues, praying in tongues, you know, as he's yawning. And I had that wonderful idea to go get the, the young man uh, who, who invited me. He said, I, you know, there's deliverance taking place. Come out. And that was a wrong thing to do. He, he was, like, trying to sing a hymn and all this stuff. I said, that is not deliverance. Um, and so he was, a, you know, a hindrance more so than a blessing. And so the guy's yawning. And, uh, and then all of a sudden he's yawning. He's yawning. And the Spirit of God is on him, delivering him. And all of a sudden he fell down. He, this kid never don't know about casual drops, you know, CDs, falling out, getting slain in the spirit, be slayed, right? Uh, he doesn't know anything about that. And so he's like, he falls, and I'm catching on. So, oh, God, they're going to sue me. <laughs> they're going to get me. Oh, Jesus, he looks crazy. So I lay him down and um, on hardwood, I mean, concrete floor. And the Spirit of God says, let me continue to minister to him. So I sat down, praying in tongues. Praying in tongues, praying in tongues. It just seemed like it was forever. And he's yawning, and he's beginning to move. I said, Lord, what is this? Oh, I started confessing all my sins. I said, Lord, forgive me. I forgive everybody, every teacher, everybody who did anything. Oh, God, I forgive Cleveland from Slim, by that dumb movie from Walmart, um, <laughs> um, Get Rich, Die. Die trying or something. Uh, I, I was just like, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me for watching all the mafia. I was confessing. I said, God, this thing is getting wild. And he's like moving. I said, Lord, I forgive everybody, everybody. I called out names like, oh, God, cleanse me. Oh, God, cleanse me. Forgive me, God. Forgive me. And, and, and then all of a sudden, the Spirit of God said, now jump on it. And so I get up, and I was like, come out in Jesus' name. I said, come out in Jesus' name. I said, come out in Jesus' name. Ah! I said, come out in Jesus' name. Ah! I said, come out now in Jesus' name. And I'm like, I'm tired, I'm tired. Oh, come out in Jesus' name. Come out. 
And all of a sudden, it's poosh. And he's like, oh, I feel lighter. I said, minister, go get him some water. I did, that Jesus did that. The minister was like, oh, give him some water. I didn't ask him, how did it get in? What was his name? I didn't have time for that. <laughs> he is set free. He's liberated. Thank God. And you too can set people free. Look for opportunities. You don't have to wait. You don't have to be a minister. As a teenager, I pray for many people to get delivered. You can cast devils out. Now, don't go around jumping on everything that moves. Uh, just because, <laughs> oh, that's a devil. No, it just might be the flesh problem, right? Uh, we're not to, cru- we're to, the people supposed to crucify the flesh. So sometimes what we think is a devil is really not. I went to a service recently, met my wife, and this young man, um, he was um, just reacting to stuff, and they were trying to cast the devil out of him. I said, he's just a kid. That's not a devil. I said, we're packing our stuff and go. And the young man who was like, come out, come out, he called me later. He said, you saw that devil? I said, that wasn't a devil. That was just, he, he, he had some issues, but you, you're not, like, you, you're confusing that with a devil. Everything is not a devil. And so one of the extremes of deliverance is you think that everything is a devil, and you're binding everything. I bind flesh. Uh, I, I bind the spirit of gluttony. Just stop eating. Uh, I, I, I bind this, and I, and I bind the spirit of sweets. And, and I mean, some, some things is just common sense. Like, it's, it's, it has nothing to do with the devil. And, and sometimes people want deliverance. Sometimes the devils do manifest with, uh, with vomit and, and, and throw up. But sometimes people have um, buckets, and they're just like, now come out. Sometimes you may have to throw up. Come out. Come out. Come out in Jesus' name. And they're looking for a manifestation of something. Manifestations doesn't mean anything. I mean, just because you get a manifestation, so what? I mean, just because somebody levitates, most of y'all will run, away, run out. But they levitate, like, whatever, that's just the devil. <laughs> I got a friend who, who's been to the church several times, a good friend of ours, and sometimes his wife keeps our son. His, his, his um, father is a witch doctor, and he says sometimes we go see him in Philly, and um, he's sitting down, and, and there's a glass across the table, and he's just like, come here now, glass. And then my friend was like, hold on, I got something to <laughs> Come out. My, my, my dad is a witch doctor. <laughs> and, and true story, he, he'll tell you about it. He said, I've seen things crazy. And um, so just because you have a manifestation, don't be moved by that. Anybody who's saved can cast out a devil. You know, you don't have to be, I mean, something happens. And so anyway, one way to be de- not to be deceived um, it, it, another way is to re- be reminded of truths that sh- truths you already know. Be reminded of truths that you already know. That's one way to not be deceived. You got to keep hearing God's word. Another way is to be willing to admit when you're wrong. I think sometimes people just don't want to admit when they're wrong, and it hardens their hearts each time. You're willing to say, you know, say, "Hey, I, I didn't get this right. I, I misunderstood this. something." Be willing to admit when you're wrong. The next is don't think all you know that there, there is all to know. Don't think all, just because you haven't experienced it doesn't mean that it's not God or it's, it's God. So don't think all you know it's, there is, that there is all to know. And another way to not be deceived, you got to resist pride. Resist pride. So I'm not going to be prideful over this. There's some things we, could, we need to be dogmatic about, right? That Jesus is the way, the truth, and life. 
I'm not compromising on that. Heaven is for those who are saved. Jesus died and shed his blood. But other things you don't have to compromise on. I mean, you don't have to be dogmatic about. Um, the next one is uh, be willing to hear what you don't want to hear. Be willing to hear what you don't want to hear. Be willing to hear what you don't want to hear. Deception has a way of creeping in as subtle. And you believe something that is a lie through words. You want to believe that this person has good intentions. But in your spirit, something is not right. Holy Spirit would say, something's wrong, something's wrong. Something's not right. Something's not right. Something's not right. And each time you override that, that voice gets silence. You, you stop hearing that voice. If you sense something isn't right, it's best to go with that. Be willing to hear what you don't want to hear. If God reveals something to you about somebody, be willing to hear that about that person. That went over really well. This is a good one. Examine everything you believe in light of the word. What is it that you believe about God? Could it be that you have misinformation about God? Well, I just don't believe that he's like that. I just don't believe God will send people to hell. Oh, really? I just don't believe God will kill people. And now it's in Safari, right? I just, don't, I just believe God. God loves everybody. True? God will not allow me to go to hell. Watch him. God, I can still do my thing and make it in. Don't you be deceived. You can't do your own thing and get into heaven. You can't. I, oh, I got grace. And I, got, I said a prayer. Saying a prayer doesn't make you a Christian. So you can say the right things. You can, I know drug dealers. I know of drug dealers who pay tithes. So paying tithes don't get you into heaven. Coming to church don't make you, get you to heaven. Reading the Bible don't get you to heaven. Examine what you believe in light of Scripture and be willing to change. So, you know, I thought this was right, but I, I, don't, I don't think right about God. All right. Um, Rely upon the anointing inside. Let's go to 1 John chapter 2. Time is almost up. 1 John chapter 2. I'm going to read that King James. It's a little bit better. 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2, verse 20. 1 John chapter 2, verse 20 simply says this. It says, but you have an unction... Or anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. Well, is it how is it that you know all things? Well, you know, in other words, you the Holy Spirit, and it goes on and says this. Let's continue. It says, I have um, let's let's look at verse 18. Let's start with verse 18. It says, Little children, it is the last time or last days. If there was a last time then, it's the last of the last times now, right? As you have heard that Antichrist shall come, even now are there many antichrists. Whereby we know that it is the last time. They went out from us, but they were not of us. If they had been of us, they would not doubt and have continued with us. But they went out that they may be made manifest that they were not all of us. 
but you have an unction from the Holy One, and you know all things. I'm not, I have not written unto you because you not, know not the truth, but because you know it, and that no lie is of the truth. And it goes on as verse 24, uh, it talks about let him that abides. Verse 27, but the anointing which you have received of him abideth in you, and ye need not that any man teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you of all things is true, is no lie, even as it is taught, have, hath taught you, ye shall abide in him. So it says that you don't need a teacher, right? Well, it doesn't mean that you don't need a teacher as far as a teacher in the body of Christ. It means that you don't need someone teaching you whether or not what you're hearing is true or not. You have an anointing. If you're born again, you have an anointing to let you know what you're hearing is whether it's of God or not. You have the Spirit of God inside of you, so rely on that anointing. Whenever I hear false doctrine, I hear it. It sounds good. Everybody's screaming. Uh, Eden is not a real place. False. Um, um, uh, oh, oh. Uh, you, we got haters, and, and our haters is going to get us to our destination. False. Um, uh, God wants a better version of yourself. False. He wants you to be like Jesus, not a better version of yourself. He wants you to be like Jesus. That means you got to die to yourself, right? Um, crucify. Oh, that went over real good. Crucify your flesh. Um, uh, uh, God, uh, you know, there's no more trials in, on earth. False. Uh -huh. um, uh, God wants you to have a crisis-free life. True in one sense, but, but you're going to have some crisis because Jesus said you're going to have, you're in the world. So that's false. Um, um, I'm going to confess that I'll never have any problems. False doctrine. I'm going to believe that I'll never die. False doctrine. I'm going to believe that I'm okay with God and I don't need nobody. As long as I got King Jesus, I don't need nobody else. False doctrine. <laughs> That's false. You need somebody else. God designed weakness in the sense of you being weak that you need somebody else. You're not going to make it without anybody else. You need a church. It takes a village to raise a kid, right? It, 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 it takes a church to raise a Christian. You can't be a successful Christian without a church. All these people, I'm spiritual, but I don't like church, the institutional church. You don't like Jesus. Because he says, upon this rock, I'll build my church. Amen. So that anointing will let you know when it's false. Well, you can't go to heaven without speaking in tongues. False. Well, there is no trinity. False. Huh. Um, Jesus really isn't coming back. False. Um, there's different gospels, the gospel of Jesus and the gospel of the kingdom. False. Listen, I'm telling you, it's subtle. There is a doctrine that says that God, there's a gospel of the kingdom separated from the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah. So when I admire taught that, and I'm telling you, that's the falseness. Love the man, love his earlier teachings. But when he started teaching that, I said, oh, no, that's not of God. I'll walk away. You don't trust your favorite teachers. Don't trust me if I, what I say is not in that word. I said, Pastor, I love you, but I don't see it in the word. I went to a man's church who later on started teaching that everybody's going to heaven. I was in that church for two years. I joined him because of the music. And Netflix made a movie about him. 
I was with that in that church. And I knew as a 19-year-old, that man is not preaching the gospel. And everybody and their mom loved this man because of his charisma. He preached the gospel of universalism, that everybody's going to heaven. And he would get up, and everything was prophetic. And I said, where's the Bible? Where's the Bible? And I was like, Lord, I love this music. And you can love music, gospel music, and Christian. I had never heard a band in a, in a church like this. And I'm like, oh, God, this is so awesome. Like, I, I wanted to, I mean, it was great. It was like, but then he preached. I was like, oh, it's horrible. It's horrible. But I love the music. I, I, the music is so good, Lord. And there's no one in the world that I know of singing like this. I mean, you don't join a church because of music. They can sound horrible, but if they preach the truth, you need to stay there. <laughs> now, it's wonderful to have both, right? <laughs> Thank God for our music. Yes. Amen. Come on. All right. Real quick. Um, another way to not be deceived is not holding on to traditions. The Bible says the traditions of men Make the word of God ineffective. Don't hold on to your old tradition. Because Bishop so-and-so taught it doesn't mean it's right. Hold on to the word of God. Amen. Another, I'm going to give you two more. Uh, another way in, um, not to be deceived is to receive the word as the final authority in your life. Even if you don't like it. Receive the word of God as the final authority. Whatever the word says, that's what I'm going to believe, even if I disagree with it. Are you willing to do it? Like, I, I, I read this. I disagree with that, but I'm going to receive it. That's how you got to be with the word of God. Um, and my last one is to hide the word in your heart. Hide the word of God in your heart. It is possible to study the Bible and still be deceived. We have people who read the Bible all the time, and yet they're seeing the Bible through blinders. So you need to teach, you need to read and study the Bible with the Holy Spirit. You got to come to the Bible with humility, and recognize says, you know what? I don't know it all, and and maybe that's why you need other teachers, right? Because if all you need is a Bible and the Holy Spirit, then what's the use of coming to church, right? So don't trust that you, all you need is yourself and the Holy Spirit. You are not that smart. <laughs> Me and the Bible and the Holy Spirit, we got this. Those people are off. They're off. Like, they just, like, off. They, they have no community to keep them in check. Church, being part of church will keep you in check. Like, wait a minute, what you're doing is off. Don't do that. Um... You trying to correct the pastor? Send him a text? <laughs> and saying that the Holy Spirit said? May, no, no, no. Sister, you, you brother, uh, that's constructive criticism. Thank you for that. But God would never send a sheep to correct the under-shepherd. He, he, he doesn't do that. Just like he doesn't send a child to correct the parents. It's out of order. 
It's out of order. Like God is not a God of, uh, he's a God of order and decency. And so if, if, that, if, if, if a pastor is wrong, why would God send a sheep? God will send other pastors. If, you have, if that pastor is connected, like I'm connected with other pastors and, and other organizations. There's an organization I'm ordained through and, and they check my belief every year. I have to check, do I believe that Jesus is the way, the truth? Check. Do I believe in speaking in tongues is of the Bible? And uh, Check. Do I believe in water baptism in the name of the Father? So check. Uh, and, and there's a person that from that organization that I'm ordained through will call me once a month to check on. Say, what are you teaching? Are you with me? We got checks and balances, right? And so you, God will not send a sheep to correct the pastor. And I, I was mad when I got the text at 10 o'clock at night while I was at work, on my way to work. I didn't respond to three hours later. I said, Sister, um, thank you for your advice, uh, your constructive criticism, but I got to flow in what our God has called me to. And did not hear anything else from her. And I blocked them. You will not text me anymore. You will not have access to me anymore. If you're that familiar with me, thinking you can control me, I don't think so. I'll cast the devil out of you in a minute. Hide the word of God in your heart and check it to see what you believe, Pastor. Leaders, ministers, what do you think about this? This is what I believe about this. I think I received. So you, you don't go and say, I got a revelation from God. Say, I think I got a revelation. I submit it to you. Amen. This is how not to be deceived. Father, I thank you. I thank you, Father. Thank you for the, the anointing inside of us. That anointing protects us from deception. Just raise, raise your hands, please. Father, we just let's thank God for that anointing. Thank you that anointing is increasing in our lives, that we know the truth. We know all things. Not that we know everything, but we know the truth from error. Say, I know the truth from error. So when I hear something, I check with the Holy Spirit within and the Bible before me. Let's just praise God for that. Praise you, Lord. Invite God to come in and show you where there's deception. Lord, come on, just raise your hand. Lord, I thank you. We invite you. Come on, just praise something similar to it. We invite you to come in and, and to shed light where there's darkness, where we, where, where we believe the lie. God, we're willing to, we exchange, we leave the lie for the truth. We don't suppress the truth but we embrace it. Come on. You need to pray that. Lord, I embrace the truth. I, I come to you as a child, and, I, and Lord, I receive with humility that which is good for me. Chastise me. Come on. Chastise me. Pons um, correct me. Rebuke me. Uh, uh, cause where there is darkness, where there to be light. Lord, show me the truth. Help me to walk in the truth, God. Oh, Lord, I'm willing to exchange my ideology of you for the truth. And God, I, I, I give up my feelings for the faith. I give up my feelings for the faith. I, 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 I give, I give the, my lie up for the truth. Oh, Lord, I, I don't believe the lie. I believe the truth. I believe the truth, Father. I thank you for that anointing. I thank you for that anointing in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I praise you, Jesus. I praise you, Jesus. 
Thank you, Lord. I praise you, Jesus. Come on, let's praise God for that. I thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I will not be deceived. I will not, by the grace of God, I will not be deceived. I will believe the truth. I'm willing to hear what I don't want to hear. I'm willing to, 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 to submit myself to understanding that I, I don't agree with. Oh, God, if it's, if it's truth, I'm, I'm, I'm a lover of truth. Say, I'm a lover of truth at, at any cost. I love truth above a lie, above my petty doctrine, my favorite doctrines. I'm willing to give up anything that is contrary to the truth. I'm a lover of truth. I will not forsake the truth. In Jesus' name, I rebuke itching ears. My, my ears are inclined to the truth. The spirit of truth lives on the inside of me. I resist the spirit of Antichrist. I dethrone Antichrist in my life. Anything that is against Christ, I cast it down. I pull down every imagination, every stronghold that exalts itself against the knowledge of God in, in Christ. I pull it down. I remove any doctrines, any teachings that is from the pit of hell, and I receive the doctrines of heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Come on, let's praise God for that. Praise God for that. You got, you got to bind the spirit of error. You got to be willing to hear the truth. Amen. What if you, what you were taught by God was not 100%? Be willing to say, you know what? I'm willing to give the truth. I'm willing to give up what I hold so dearly for the truth. I'm willing to hear what I don't want to hear. I'm willing to believe what I don't want to believe. God, I, I receive your word. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. If you're here um, and you don't know Jesus is the part of your sins and you haven't been born again and you would like to be born again, I want you to be bold and brave enough to raise your hand and say, that's me. I want to receive Jesus. That concludes this week's message and thank you very much for listening. For more information about Kingdom Living Ministries, please call us at 732-324-2200 or visit our website at kingdomlivingnj.org. Also, you can write to us by mail at P.O. Box 519, Grand Cocos, New Jersey, 08073. And lastly, if you would like to partner with this ministry through your prayers or financial support, contact us via email at partners at kingdomlivingnj.org. Our prayer is that this message has encouraged you to live out the kingdom of God daily in your life by your obedience to His Word. God bless you.